You need winners? Let the sports advisors show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. Rick Torino, a 25-year handicapping expert, spent over a decade as a college and pro football editor at a national wire service. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. Well, it is hard to believe that we started this show 13 weeks ago when it was about 95 degrees out. It was great. It was the end of summer. Here we are now, both, Rick, freezing our asses off. Week number 13 of this college football season, a season that is quickly coming to an end. But that doesn't mean we don't have some great games to talk about, starting with Michigan and Ohio State. But before we get there, let me just say props once again to you for another Saturday best bet winner. Cashing in with Wyoming as a 14-point home dog, an easy cover against Boise State. You are now 11-1 and with your Saturday college football best bets on this season. Al, we always look forward to it as fast as, as, as we always look forward to the start of the college football season. Al, seems like it takes forever to get here. And then once it gets here, Al, boom, it just flies by. Who can believe it's Thanksgiving already? We're into rivalry week, weeks, Al. And to tell you the truth, Al, getting to that game, I was really hoping Wyoming was going to win that game outright. But that 14 points, that game was in hand compared to the last couple of weeks we had where we had some uh, palm sweaters, as I like to call them. But that week, yeah, we had that one in hand. That's nice. And we'll have another one this week. Uh, again, probably a game that's not uh, featured of one of our seven games tonight. And guys, if you are new to the show, let me just remind you, make sure you subscribe now so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. We will be back here next week, even though it's a limited card next Saturday with only eight games. We will be breaking them down. We will also be here for the bowl season. So subscribe now so you don't miss Another show as Rick and I have brought you a hell of a lot of free winners this season as we continue to break them down from you from a point spread perspective. And guys, also uh, coming up here, not only are we going to break down some key games for Saturday, but and also a bonus. There is a big game that's going to affect who is going to go to the AAC championship. That is Tulane and Cincinnati and noon Eastern time kickoff on Friday. That is going to be the last game we are going to preview. But Rick, as I said, let's start it all off with the game between Ohio State and Michigan. Of course, we know what happened last year when Michigan finally, finally beat Ohio State 42 to 27. The battle of the unbeatens, we'll call this one 11 and 0. But as far as I'm concerned, this game all comes down to whether or not Blake Corum is going to play. And we know what a phenomenal season Corum has had here this year. Uh, first in the nation in touchdowns with 19, uh, fifth in rushing with uh, 132 yards uh, per game on average. I mean, he has really been the bell cow for them this season. 245 carries, a little over 1,450 yards. But as usual, Jim Harbaugh in his Monday press conference said that he had no update. Had no update for Blake Corum, had no update. For his backup, and that would be uh, Donovan Edwards, who has averaged almost seven yards a carry in a backup role, who did not play this past weekend. Tough game to analyze when you don't know whether or not Quorum is going to play. 
Al, you make a great point with the use of quorum because, uh, you know, that they don't have the power to go back and forth with Ohio State. They, they can't get in a scoring match this year with Ohio State, unlike last year where it was a low-scoring game at halftime. They're only down, they were only up 14-13. Then they slugged it out in the second half in the bad weather and everything. But I don't think Michigan has the weapons to, you know, match touchdown for touchdown with Ohio State. But I do have some sources, Al, in the Midwest that say – Blake Corum was in Ypsilanti, Michigan the other day or this morning, handing out yesterday, handing out turkeys because part of his NIL deal with the money he gets, he puts it toward his foundation to feed needy people turkeys. So there were a couple of reporters there. They got a little insight. Of course, they asked him if he was going to play, and he said, yes, he was going to play. So if that helps at all, I don't know, Al, but to tell you the truth, I think he's going to play. But that's a little bit inside there um, that, uh, you know, I think Quorum will be ready. But Al, still in all, I think this is Ohio State's going to roll this year. I don't know. I know it's seven, Al. I'm on the Buckeyes. You know, 15 and two straight up. Last year's loss snapped snapped an eight-game losing streak. You know, the, the top two scoring teams in the Big Ten. But Al, I, I, that and that we mentioned it before. That non-conference schedule of Michigan is going to come back and haunt them, I think. Not that Ohio State played anyone great, but at least they had Notre Dame on the schedule. You know, both struggled last week. You know, Michigan got lucky. Ohio State scored a late defensive touchdown. Um, I'm still looking for – I like Ohio State on Saturday, Al. I'm with you. Listen, I think that Quorum's injury is baked into the price here, sitting at seven and a half. And I like Ohio State, too. Because if Quorum plays, there is no way he is going to be at 100%. And whether he plays or not, I say, if you like Ohio State like I do, it is Tuesday night as we are recording this video. You bet Ohio State now. Because this line is not going down. And if any late word comes out that Quorum is not at 100% or Quorum is iffy, this line is only going to go up if you favor the Buckeyes. So you bet Ohio State now. You know, there's strategy when you're betting favored sometimes here, and this is one of those cases. And the bottom line here is that there is no love lost between Harbaugh and Ryan Day. You know, the uh, oft-reported uh, comment uh, that uh, Ryan Day said that he wanted to score at least 100 points against Harbaugh and the Wolverines this year. Well, whether there's any truth to that or not, listen – Ohio State wants to win this game. This is all that matters here for the Buckeyes. And what I like about Ohio State this year is that the passing game is even better because C.J. Stroud, great year, 35 touchdowns, 66% completions. But Marvin Harrison Jr., my God, what an incredible year that he has had a sophomore. So it's not like he's leaving, not like he's eligible to go for the draft, but 65 catches, 11 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards. But also, this is a guy that you mentioned earlier in the season once, but the improvement that they have made, they being the Buckeyes defensively, they brought in uh, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State. Uh, last year, Ohio State's defense, number 59 in total D. This year, number nine, pressure percentage, Number two this year, they were number 38 last year, but that's no surprise because when he was at Oklahoma State last year, the Cowboys were number eight. And the other change that Ohio State made in the offseason is they brought in uh, the guy from Ohio, uh, UCLA, offensive line. Uh, they brought in the new offensive line coach, uh, Justin Fry. 
uh, because their offensive line really uh, struggled last year in pass protection, and that has improved tremendously too. So I think Ryan Day recognized the problems that he had last year after that Michigan game. He made out, he went out and made two substantial changes to his coaching staff, and he's reaped the dividends this year. Yeah, you know, Al, you, you touched on a good point with Harrison, and almost everybody's forgot no Jigma this year. This is the kid that was had the great seat had the great season last year in that outstanding Rose Bowl against Utah. Now the other guy too's good, Igbuka. You know, that's another guy. They got two of the top six receivers in the in, in the Big Twelve in receiving. And you know, you mentioned CJ Stroud, who's up for the this is a Heisman trophy game for him. He goes off against Michigan Al. He you know, it's gonna my two anyway, it's gonna be between him and Caleb Williams. Williams will get his shot later on against Notre Dame. But yeah, this this is a this is a you know, and of of course the winner Al we know is gonna be in the CFP. Because they, I think they, those rankings just came out. They didn't change, but they're going to be in the CFP. And next week, all Iowa has to do Saturday, Al, is beat Nebraska. And it could very well could be at least what we're thinking. It's going to be Ohio State and Iowa. Oh, boy. Oh, Al. Oh. Yeah, God. yeah, nobody's going to watch that game. No, Ohio State will be no. like a 22-point 20, favorite if they yeah. win this game. Yeah. By the way, uh, let me just say, because I love giving you teasers, if this game isn't calling you to tease it, I don't know what is. Ohio State at home, two-team, seven-point teaser. Ohio State basically minus one. My God, guys, I don't have to give you the other half because I just gave you the first half. This game is begging to be teased. So anyway, listen, guys, let me give you a quick reminder. If you haven't done it yet, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. One day free all access pass over at the sportsadvisors.com. You can get Rick's latest best bet selection. If you haven't taken advantage of the one day free all access pass yet, why not? You can get his best bet for Saturday and all the plays of all the handicappers absolutely free. On Saturdays, that regular price is $109. You get it for free all you've got to do, no strings attached, is go over to thesportsadvisors.com, click on the one-day free all-access pass. If you don't want Saturday's plays, I don't know why you want it. You can get Sunday's plays. You can get Thursday's plays. You get the choice of the day. And in some situations, you get a second bonus day for free, too. So check it out over at thesportsadvisors.com. We've been doing it now for 21 years since I created these sites. Nobody else can afford to do it in the industry because they're not willing to give away everything for free. They're not willing to pull back the curtain and show you what the handicappers have. I've always done that because I feel that's the best way for you to get a taste of what we do and see what the handicappers have to say. So check it out over at thesportsadvisors.com. Well, next we have the um, Iron Bowl, first Iron Bowl in 15 years that won't impact the national title race. But I find the most interesting subplot here is that this will most likely be the final game or possibly the final game for Bryce Young and Will Anderson because with no SEC championship, with a minor bowl game because they're not going to make the college football playoffs, what is the enticement for either one of those guys to perhaps put their professional career as future first-round draft picks in jeopardy with a career-ending potential injury this will probably be it at Bryant-Denny Stadium, the way I look at the game. Alabama, a big 22-point favorite in the Iron Bowl. How do you size this game up? You know, Al, you bring that up, and that's a very good point. And I hate that, Al, when these kids don't go on and play in their bowl games. I know the injury situation and all that. Just just not a fan of it, Al. Oh, now, see, I, I think, listen, it's all about money. 
And forget about that school yeah. pride and rah, rah, yeah. rah. Yeah. Let's I go know. win one for I the know. Gipper because these kids – uh, until now, until the the you know the money that's been coming because of the uh, national image likeness and all, and all that stuff, you know, until recently, these kids got nothing from the school other than hey, go to the bowl game, get three hundred fifty dollars worth of swag, and that's it. You know, I mean, what what the hell did they get? I know. I, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. You owe nothing to that school other than looking after your own self best interest. So I've got zero issue with it now. Now, maybe the dynamic has changed a bit. If you're raking in $11 million uh, and, you know, through, you know, the endorsement deals, let's call them. And yet still, the school is making a hell of a lot more on you than you are on them. So, again, I, I have no problem with a guy, you know, rather than risking, because even these guys and you read the stories, you know, they take out insurance policies, whatever. You never reap the benefits of what you're going to get for being a first round draft pick in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if you remember in the and and and, and sticking to your point, um, going back to that the, the linebacker from Notre Dame a few years ago, Jalen Smith. I'm sure you remember him. He injured himself mm-hmm. in the bowl game, was a clear first round pick, was drafted by Dallas. He he had a year or two okay, never really materialized to the player he was gonna be when they were talking about him in high school. I believe now he's on the Giants playing a role for the for the New York Giants now. But that is that's one example right there, you know, where where the kid decided to play when he really didn't have to. And, and unfortunately, he was injured. OK, getting to the Auburn game, Al, I really, really wish Auburn would beat them because I would force. I think that would force the hand for for them to hire Cadillac Williams. Never going to happen. I know we'll lay the 22 out because here's what gets me. Auburn's quarterback. I've seen this kid play three times now. Robbie Ashford. OK, eight of 19 for 102 yards against Western Kentucky, six of 13, six of 18 for 60 yards against A&M, seven of 22 for 75 yards against Mississippi State. We're not talking about Alabama's defense right there, Al. So I do not know how they're going to move the ball on that defense. Yeah. So I don't Auburn, I think, will hang in for a little while. But before it's, I believe Alabama will cover the 22. Yeah, I mean, Ashford is not nothing as a passer. I mean, good runner. And along with Tank Bigsby and Jarquaz Henter, who both had 100 yard games last week, Auburn can definitely move the ball on the ground. Interesting that you bring up Cadillac Williams, because here again, we're doing this on Tuesday night. And right before we started this recording, I happened to read that a a television station in uh, Mississippi reported that uh, old Mitt, I'm sorry, that uh, Auburn. And Lane Kiffin had reached some type of agreement or that he was going to be named the head coach of Auburn on Friday. And I believe the way the story went is that uh, Kiffin then uh, met with the players to say that he had not accepted any job. He didn't say he hadn't been contacted. He said he had at this point accepted any job. It's a matter of semantics here because, of course, they've got the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State on Thursday. They're coming off a crushing loss this past weekend. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, because reportedly, as we've said for weeks and weeks and weeks, ever since Brian Harson has been fired. And listen, it's not that we're rocket scientists, because everybody has assumed that it's always going to be either Hugh Freeze out of Liberty or uh, Lane Kiffin. And I've said from the outset, if you're going to swing for the stars, go for the home run and you've got to go get Lane Kiffin. So, you know, the subplot is there. But I agree with you. If you're going to play this game, you play Alabama. I think the last hurrah, most likely for Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Uh, Nick Saban is six and one. 
at home in this series since he arrived in Tuscaloosa. The average margin has been 41 to 17. One potential flaw here in terms of the Crimson Tide, uh, Jameer Gibbs, who was to transfer from Georgia Tech, who has had one heck of a season here, uh, did not play in the last game. 774 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. Out of the backfield, 40 receptions as well. Really has been Bryce Young's most reliable target in a disappointing season for the Alabama receiving core. Uh, don't know if he's going to be available, although it looks like when I checked on the status today that he is trending here on Tuesday night and looking like he's going to play this week. But again, you take Alabama because Nick Saban wants to beat the hell out of Auburn. It doesn't matter whether Alabama's in national contention or not. So, uh, yeah, interesting. And uh, that brings us to a game. We were all over Kansas State last week at West Virginia. And K-State uh, put themselves in the position to keep in contention for a Big 12 championship berth against uh, TCU. And this game, Kansas State and Kansas, is being played on Saturday. But kind of an interesting subplot here. If Texas at home beats Baylor on Friday, Kansas State already clinches the Big 12 championship birth. But this, of course, is still the Sunflower Classic where our Sunflower Showdown, where Kansas State has won 13 straight in the series. So, you know, if Texas wins on Friday, does it make Kansas State any less motivated as a 12-point favorite in this game? Al, I think we were all over Kansas. They were our darling team at the start of the season. I think Kansas State goes in and blows them out Saturday. They know they control their own destiny. Al, a win gets them a rematch with TCU in a game that they really – they gave TCU all they could handle in Fort Worth till the quarterback went down, Martinez. Now Will Howard has some experience behind him. He had a big game last week, 19 of 27, 294. They've scored 79 points their last two games. I think, Al, they're going to roll against Kansas, especially at home and knowing what's on the line. And Kansas defense has been porous the last couple of year, the last couple of weeks, next to last in scoring, giving up 32 points, last in total defense, 452 points, Al they've been giving up I think Kansas State is going to roll and continue their winning streak making it 14 in a row over the Jayhawks yeah interesting that Jalen Daniels came back last week after missing the previous four and a half games in that 55-14 loss against Texas definitely rusty 17 for 26 230 yards two touchdowns one interception but a big part of his game, which is running ability, it wasn't there. Only two carries and 12 yards. And when we were on Kansas early in the season, when they were making us money hand over foot, it was because Jalen Daniels single-handedly took over games with his ability to scramble out of the pocket. Maybe a little gun shy. He did take a couple of big hits. Who knows what really, you know, is going to be in the future in terms of whether or not he is 100 percent healthy even for this game. But I'm with you. You know, Will Howard, uh, that was his fourth game last week. They had no problems in terms of burning his red shirt. I'm assuming that he is going to be starting again here for Kansas State against Kansas, even if Adrian Martinez is healthy. The numbers bear out that because when he plays, Kansas State averages 38.8 points. And the games that he has started, they have averaged 48 points, which is actually a little better than TCU has averaged on the season. And TCU leads the Big 12 in scoring. Uh, this is a no-brainer. The game's in Manhattan. 12-point favorite for Kansas State over a team. Kansas, you've dominated like uh, you pointed out. Uh, you know, I think Kansas State wins this one, even if they've already clinched 
by virtue of which I think Texas is going to be Baylor on Friday. I think Kansas State should be laying 17 in this game. I think it's an awfully cheap price. Yeah, line seem, line does seem a little light, Al. Before we go on to the next game, I got to throw this one to you, Al. And I know you got a lot going on, but I know I have to mention this. It may have slipped your mind. We've always come up with these couple of teams the last couple of weeks, Al. We started off with JMU, loser. We started off with Tulane, loser. Who did we say last week to go against? I can't remember, but it's another team you hexed. <laughs> the hex came no, to I, again. We went to. We were talking. We we were talking how well UConn was doing. We didn't. We, oh, that's right. We never played them. We didn't put the release on the site or anything. I was thinking about it, but then I thought about our conversation, and they were a ten point favorite. Wow, UConn's getting ten against a downtrodden Army team this year. Army blows them out, Al. You told them, and you told them, go against us and take Army. There you go. Yeah, well, you know, you you're like the black cat. <laughs> Any team that you bring up in this context of the conversation of teams, you know, James Madison early in the year, four zero against the spread, best team in the country versus the odds makers. Boom, they go out and lose their next game. UConn, they make bowl eligible. Boom, they go out and lose their next game. You are like I, I know, I know. Me. I know. Yeah, you're you're Ow. just you're the kiss of death. I know. You know Ow, we used to. I, I was just I was just going to say I don't have anyone this week, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't have any one of those teams that I like and say, yeah, Al, this team's really been on a roll against the spread. I don't have anyone. So <laughs> we uh, we used to work with a guy when we were writers. We used to work with a guy. Steve was his name. I'll I'll leave his last name out of it. Steve was his name. Uh, we used to bet all together. We bet on games. We used to call him the voice of doom because <laughs> it was the same thing. That's We'd love right. a team. He'd say, yeah, I like them too. Boom. Voice of doom. It was like a guaranteed loser. That's going to be your new nickname. The voice of doom too. That's going to be um, your new nickname on these teams. Thank God though. You don't use any of these teams on Saturday. But that's the one that's thing Al. I know. I know. And unfortunately <laughs> Al, the season's kind of winding down too. So I, I think finding those kind of teams is, is just about done, you know, but we may I know well, listen, I might stumble on someone. Listen, nobody else is 11 and one on Saturdays <laughs> at this site. Let's that's well. the damn straight thing. But uh, this is an interesting game here um, from two perspectives. And I'll let you break it down first before I give you my thoughts on it. The apple cup, uh, Washington is a two-point road favorite against Washington State. Yeah, uh, this is a tough one. You know, Washington's won five in a row. They're really playing well. It's all on the on the shoulder and the arm, I should say, of Michael Penix. You know, but they still have some type of shot, Al, of getting into that Pac-12 championship. I mean, Oregon, you know, they're at Oregon State. They got one loss. Washington has two losses. Um, Washington will own the tiebreaker against Oregon. We know we know UCLA's out of it, um, and there still might be a chance with Utah in there, Al. But I think this is a big game for Washington, and I'll lay the the small number on the road, even though it's a big series, it's a big rivalry on the road. This time I'll lay the I'll lay the small points. Uh, Huskies ten and two straight up, just nine and eight against the spread. But I think the difference, as he's been all year, is the quarterback Michael Penix for the Huskies. Yeah, Penix has had a great year after transferring from Indiana after a couple of injury plague seasons, uh, almost 3,900 yards, 66.7% completions, 26 touchdowns. I like Washington here. I think it's an extremely cheap price. I was impressed with the way the Huskies had no letdown in beating the hell out of Colorado yeah, last week, yeah. 54-7 to after 
the 37-34 road upset in Eugene of Oregon, which snapped the Ducks' six-game winning streak. So that was impressive. That showed me this is a very focused team. And if you didn't have a letdown after beating Oregon, you're not going to have any issue here uh, in the Apple Cup at Washington State. And the thing that I look at Washington State, a lot of people say, well, you know, the Cougars are on a roll. They've won three straight games. But they've been in the direct of the Pac-10 in yeah. those three straight wins, Stanford, Arizona, and Arizona State. Um, you know, like Shania Twain sang in the 90s, that don't impress me much. Sorry, right. it just doesn't right. do anything for right. me. So right. the other thing I was looking at this game, what do you think of the total? It's sitting at 60 and a half points for two teams that have struggled defensively at times, but certainly have shown uh, the ability to put a lot of points on the board. I think, Al, normally over the years, this is a game that's kind of gone over. You always got to worry about that rain up in Pullman. That could slow things down, Al. But I think I would give a slight lean to the over. The one thing I did want to mention, Al, last week, Washington State gave up 357 yards to Arizona's quarterback, Jason Delora, who's a good quarterback. They did pick him off four times. So if they gave up 357 to Deloria, I mean – Panic should have a field day against a, a against a Washington def- pass defense that ranks near the bottom. We're giving up about 371 a game through the air. Again, you know how that you know we've been not to change the subject. We've been pretty good on totals on this show. You know, not to tap pat ourselves on the back because we're not usually total players. But you know, the last couple of weeks we throw a total out here and there, and from what I realized, you know, they've they've come through. Yeah, I mean, listen, totals in college football, not a lot of people like them or play them, I found in all the years I've been in this industry. But, you know, there is value in them. Uh, hell, last last week's show, I told you I thought the best bet on the board was USC-UCLA over. And that one soared over by 16 Easy. and a half points. Easy. Why I didn't use that as my own best bet is beyond me. I don't know. I'm going to have to go get some therapy over that. But uh, that leads us to another Pac-12 game. Uh, a difficult one for me, to be honest with you. It's Oregon, minus three at Oregon State. I can tell you that I checked. Again, we're doing this Tuesday night. Just a couple of hours earlier today, Bo Nix gave uh, his own update on his ankle. He said that it's feeling good. He feels that he's definitely going to be able to play this weekend. He did play a gutsy performance against Utah last week. But let's face it, he was a statue back there, had no mobility. And the mobility is really what has made him a potential Heisman candidate this year in what has been a phenomenal season. It just shows you a guy that was talented, that was playing at the wrong school, with the wrong system, with the wrong multiple offensive coordinators, goes to the right place, and suddenly that talent has just mushroom and Oregon a gutsy defensive dominant performance last week and beating Utah 20 to 17 at home but now you're asking them to go on the road and follow up that performance against the Oregon State team which has been inconsistent this year but is laying in wait I don't I have to be honest with you I don't know which way to go in this game well one thing at least this this one's pretty easy Al as far as Oregon wins they're in so they're setting up the Oregon-USC showdown next week. This game, Al, has just been unbelievable in like nine of the last ten years in the overs. Just give me a second here, Al. 67, 79, 70, 
89, 58, 94, 66, 71, and 72. Those have been the totals, Al, in nine of the last 10 games between these two teams. I mean, as over calling us, what are we at, Al? 60, 60, we're right at 58. I mean, you look, you look at those numbers, Al, you got to be saying it's an over. The thing I worry about, though, is I'm a little suspect of Oregon State's offense. I'm not quite sure about them moving the ball, you know. But one thing, Al, crazy things always seem to happen in Corvallis up there. USC went up there and struggled. Caleb Williams had his worst game of the year. They only lucky to win 17-14 and pull one out of there. You know what, Al? I'm taking the Beavers, getting the three points at home in what could be a, a rainy mess up in Corvallis. And But I, I like the Beavers this week. I don't think they'll win outright, but I like them with the three points. Yeah, this is a game where – because Bo Nix is not going to be the Bo Nix of the first 10 weeks of the season. And even though the trends suggest otherwise that you just pointed out, if I had to bet the game, I would take the under at 58 because that number is inflated because of the baked in trends that you just mentioned, I would go under. But again, I just not probably the least favorite game of all that we decided to uh, talk about today, which leads us to the last Saturday game, USC now coming back home after that monster win at UCLA, one of the most entertaining games that I've watched this season, 48-45, is a five-and-a-half point favorite against Notre Dame. And as I always say, when the number is five, five-and-a-half, that number, you're out on an island. That's basically saying, hey, you got to win by a touchdown. It's, a, it's an island number, you're marooned. It is a difficult spot. And people will say, Notre Dame's on a roll. They've won five straight. They've won eight out of nine. And I look at the Irish and I go, okay, those five straight wins. UNLV with a backup quarterback, a freshman starting. Syracuse in a tremendous slump. Clemson, okay, but it's not the Clemson of years past. Navy, Boston College, California, UNC, and BYU. Not exactly murderers row. Al, totally agree with you on that. Here's what I'm looking at, Al. Best team, best defense that USC will have faced in, a, in a quite a few weeks. You know, uh, plus we're getting five and a half. I'm kind of giving a slight lean toward the Irish Al because that USC defense is horrible. I mean, US, UCLA's was bad. UC, USC's is right there last week. I mean, it was like a seven-on-seven seven game last week, Al, between them two. Very entertaining, like you said. But, I mean, I think Notre Dame might come in, Al, try to control the clock, keep Caleb Williams off the field, you know, pound that ball against and, – and they'll be able to move the ball against that Notre Dame defense. It'll be interesting to see how USC comes out offensively against Notre Dame's defense. And I, I totally agree with you, Al, with the opponents that Notre Dame has faced – but we know this is a big rivalry game and everything. A lot on the line for SC. I think SCL now is fifth or sixth in the latest polls. I think LSU was five tonight. And so that may, I think LSU was six. So right, they're right there, Al. I think if they win this game, win next week, they're going to get one of the playoff spots. I don't think they're going to take two from the Big Ten. At least I hope not. I know we're going off, no, the, I think we're going off the track a little there, but you know. Well, no, I think the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, because of their weakness and perceived strength of schedule, gets knocked out of the top four. And I think if USC wins, that moves them right in and slides them into that number four spot. That's the way I, I think it's going to work out as long as USC wins. By the way, just a, a mention about USC's depth. They lose their top running backs. So Austin Jones, who 
comes in in relief two weeks ago with 11 carries, 74 yards after having one carry the previous game, comes up with a 21-carry, 120-yard performance against UCLA. Uh, Jordan Addison, who's been bothered by an ankle injury most of the season, he shows you why he was the best wide receiver in college football last year. People have kind of forgotten him this year. 11 catches, 178 yards last week against UCLA. The depth of that offensive personnel that Lincoln Riley has assembled yeah. through the transfer yeah. portal yeah. is just phenomenal. So Caleb Williams, you know, another great game, 470 yards, two touchdowns, 32 of 43. I don't see this being an over, the total sitting at 64. But I can see USC, you know, being in a dogfight and then perhaps pulling it out and getting the cover. But again, this is a game that unlike Oregon, Oregon State, this is one that I would like to watch and probably will, but from a fan's perspective, but I lean a little toward USA, but uh, not one that I'd want to put my money on, which uh, wraps up the Saturday slate, which brings us to the lone Friday game. It kicks off at noon Eastern time. It's Cincinnati and Tulane. Uh, the Bearcats, the two-time defending AAC champion, uh, looking to get to the title game for the fourth consecutive season. They've won 32 in a row at Nippert Stadium, but they have a big injury question. They lost Ben Bryant, their starting quarterback, to a foot injury in the win against Temple. And I checked this afternoon. Uh, Bryant is not expected to see much practice time at all this week and is going to be the ever popular game time decision. Oh, here we go again with the game time decision. Oh, boy. But, Al, you know, you know, intriguing game, Al. Big game because the winner gets an, gets the berth into the AAC championship game and will host that game. Other than that, Al, this, the team that's going to play them, it's it could be Central Florida, Houston or the Tulane Cincinnati loser all depends on certain outcomes from this weekend, Al. But I will get into But Al, how about Central Florida blowing it last week? 18-point favorite at home against Navy. A minus 880 on the money line. I think they were, Al. They do not. Navy does not throw one pass in the game, and they lose. They lose. They lose the game to. They lose the game to Navy, and a game that. And 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 before you go further, and Central Florida the week prior goes and beats Tulane on the right, road, 38 right, right. snapping the Green Waves right. five-game winning streak. Right. I mean, Central Florida had that conference championship yep. first sitting there in yep. their hands, yep. and you ultimate letdown situation. That out, you completely forgot about the week before about, about Tulane, but now you make it even worse by bringing up losing, winning on the road at Tulane and then losing at home to Navy. I, I just, it from one week to another, Al, you just cannot figure this college foot. Great entertainment, but you just can't figure it out, Al. I don't know how we do it or how anybody does it, but some way, some way, somehow. Al, it's a good point with the quarterback. I'm I'm going to like, I'm going to take Tulane this week. I like Tulane. Willie Fitz has done a great job. Like the quarterback, Michael Pratt. Like the running back, TJ Spears. Last week, 121 yards. And I hate to say it, Al, I hate to say it. I'm not jinxing them. Tulane, 9-2 and two ATS this year. 4-0 and oh on the road straight up and against the spread. But I'm going to turn the jinx around. Cincinnati, 3-8 and eight against the spread this year. I like Tulane out. It would be great to see them get that championship game at home, you know, in New Orleans for them. That would be great. 
I, I agree with you. I actually like Tulane, and I realize that a lot of people are going to immediately jump on Cincinnati because, again, all the things that I mentioned earlier, they're the two-time defending champs. They've won 32 straight at home. But listen, your quarterback, who has played well this year, yeah. not outstanding, but transfer from the MAC and came here, and Ben Bryant has been good. But whether or not he plays, you know, and if he doesn't, they're going to turn it over to the sophomore Evan Prater, I, Prater, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who's the highest rated recruit ever in the program history, a four star. I think he came out of Wyoming. You know, he was 12 for 1727 yards against Temple last week. But this Tulane team has showed me a lot of grit. They could have folded like a cheap suit after losing yep. at home against yep. Central Florida. But they rebounded. They got the job done, uh, beat the hell out of SMU, which a lot of people have done this year, 59 to 24. And the quarterback you're talking about, Michael Pratt, uh, had six touchdowns in that game, three running, three on the ground for the season. And I talked about him a couple of weeks ago before the Central Florida game. He's completed 65% of his passes, 2,200 yards, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. He is a big physical guy. He's run for 229 yards and eight more touchdowns. Uh, the one thing Cincinnati doesn't have is a balanced offense. They have been unable to run the ball with any type of consistency this year as opposed to last year. And that's why I'm with you. I like Tulane to win this game out right to start this college football weekend with a big shocker Friday afternoon in Nippert Stadium. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, would be I still can't believe how Central Florida could blow that. They blew their they blew a uh, you know a national ranking out. They blew a chance for a New Year's Six bowl game, which is very possible now. Al Tulane wins this and wins the AAC. They could be you know in the Cotton Bowl maybe on New Year's Day to you know playing one of the big boys. So uh, Central Florida just Gus Malzahn's got to be kicking himself. I mean to lose to Navy, they would have had the game at home, lost to Navy at home, just. Uh, and they beat both of these teams already during the season. They beat Cincinnati at home in a wild game a few weeks back. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Crazy, crazy, Al. Well, guys, that'll wrap up this week's show. Remember, subscribe again down here so you don't miss next week's episode. And that guy on the other side of the screen, he <laughs> is again, not that I'm putting any pressure no, on no. you. Nah, no, but hey, no. eleven and one is eleven and one. Eleven and one on Saturdays with his college football best bets on the season. So you know, I mean, hey, listen, I'm going to check out and see what his best bet is. So I have no clue. He never tells me what the hell the no, game is, I don't, but no. I know. But all I know is it's not one of the games among not the seven well. we talked about today. Before we go, and Rick, you can probably relate to this. You know. In the early years that I was in this business, and I created these websites 21 years ago, before I was with, uh, had this company, I used to work for somebody else. And on Thanksgivings, I used to live and die with the results of the games because this guy, <laughs> you know, it was like the whole world would end if we didn't win the Thanksgiving games because so much of the company's fortunes were related to Thanksgiving because obviously – at that point in time, a Thanksgiving Day win or loss was worth thirty to forty thousand dollars in revenue for the company. That's how that business was. I'm talking twenty five years ago. So, you know, if one of the games on the NFL didn't come through on a Thursday, it was like, God, I get the call. It was almost like the guy was sobbing. I didn't even own the company, you know, and it would like leave me in depression and it would affect my day on Thanksgiving. And I it dawned on me, it's like, A, it's not my problem, B. It's like gamblers, 
if it's you're going to be affected by the way an outcome of a game is going to fall on Thanksgiving, don't bet. Just watch the damn games, eat and gorge yourself on Thanksgiving, but don't bet. You can bet on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Trust There's me. There's always tomorrow. Other action. Right. There's always exactly. tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. Don't let the damn games affect the outcome of your life. <laughs> Trust me. Take it from a guy who's dying of leukemia. Don't let the effing games affect your life. It ain't worth it. So anyway, that's my word of wisdom for the day. And I think, Rick, you'll agree with that because we have lost more than our share of games and we've won them. But, yeah, there's bigger things in life. I totally agree, Al. Totally agree with you. And everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that'll do it, guys. We'll catch you next week here. And check it out over at thesportsadvisors.com. Good luck, everybody.